0: I should say, we've also spent quite a lot of time with the Hobbit epidemiology team mm-hmm. doing antibody studies. Tesla makes the vaccine machines for CureVac. Gates said something about me not knowing what what is doing. It's like, hey, knucklehead, we actually make the vaccine machines for CureVac, that company you're invested in.
1: Seems like you have a lot of passion around this topic, like that you feel this has been blown and that there are better ways to do it, which is what you do in your other parts of your life, Correct. Whether it's Tesla or yeah. SpaceX, the, the rockets aren't aren't being reused, the cars aren't electric. The way we address viruses is irrational.
0: It's very irrational. <laughs>
1: What's up, people? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. Today is May 11th, 2022. And although we are live streaming on YouTube and Rumble right now, I somehow am en route to California, my former state, because tonight I'm at the Brea Improv with Dennis Prager. It's already sold out. A couple tickets left. For Oxnard tomorrow with Larry Elder, then San Jose with Douglas Murray, Phoenix with Charlie Kirk and Blake Masters, Denver with Brian Callen, June 2nd, Orlando, the big one, the big finish with Governor Ron DeSantis. It's all happening. So we will not have live in-studio shows for a little bit while I'm out on the road. But if you want to play along and do some live chats and live video streaming and some bonus stuff, you can join us at rubenreport.locals.com. So we are doing a pre-taped Uh, Q&A today, nothing off limits as always. And the cold open that we did right there was Elon Musk taking it to Bill Gates. Elon Musk, basically the guy who now is the CEO and owner of Twitter who is saving us from the endless stupidity of the machine versus Bill Gates, another billionaire who seemingly is the agent of the machine. Uh, So we're gonna start today uh, with a little video. This is Bill Gates just a couple of days ago uh, basically saying everything about COVID that the rest of us have been saying for two years.
0: It wasn't until early February when I was in a meeting that experts at the foundation said, There's
1: no way. You know, this, there's been too much uh, travel without diagnosis uh, for us to contain this.
0: And then at that point, we didn't really understand. The fatality rate, you know, we didn't understand that it's a fairly low fatality rate and that it's a disease mainly of the elderly, kind of like flu is, although a bit different than that. So that was
1: a pretty scary period uh, where the world didn't go on alert, including the United States, nearly as fast as it needed to. That freaking guy. Now, first off, he is the founder of Microsoft. He created Windows. Remember Windows? You'd have paint on there and maybe a spreadsheet or Microsoft Word or something. And that is just fine. And it was on everybody's personal computer for a long time. And I give credit where credit is due. You did something good 30 years ago, man. It was revolutionary at the time. The government hated you for it because they said you became a monopoly. That was a big case. Microsoft Uh, They wanted to break up Microsoft, et cetera, et cetera. But what does he have to do with our public policy at this point? First off, the guy doesn't look good. I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. Here's a funny little meme that uh, Elon Musk put up of uh, Bill Gates right there. He looks like the pregnant man emoji. I mean, that is a lot of soy right there. Uh, so we've got Elon Musk, a billionaire who's fighting for free speech. And then you've got Bill Gates, a guy who's in it with the World Economic Forum and all of those organizations that locked down our economies, destroyed the known world, all of that stuff. And what he's saying is, uh, yeah, now uh, we know that it was low fatality and that it was, uh, it was affecting the elderly. We knew that right from the beginning. I am not a scientist, okay, nor am I a biologist. But I knew that very early on, you just had to read the basic studies of that. And I would welcome any of you to go back to my videos from literally two years ago, when I was talking about a 99.97 something uh, rate of recovery and that it was only really affecting people age 80 and over. And although we should uh, obviously take care of our elderly and everything else, that all of these lockdowns, that none of it worked, none of it made any sense. But the reason I wanted to show you this video today to kick off the Q and A, was that I think it brings up something that we must not forget, which is that these people, these are unelected people. Bill Gates is not in charge of anything except his many, many houses and all the people that work for him, and that's just fine. Uh, But Bill Gates, why is he involved in any of this? What does does he do other than create computer programs? And he hasn't done that in quite some time. Um, Why is he thought of as someone we should be listening to related to all this and i would venture to say i don't know it for a fact but i'm guessing he made a lot of money over the last two years do you think he possibly made a lot of money and there's also all those videos where he's like and the next one's coming (laughs) i don't like bill gates very much let's put him right under Lori lightfoot in the who dave rubin doesn't like list Uh, all right we got a whole bunch of questions from the rubin report locals community and here we go Remy says, what's the rule on hugs? Can I take the time for my husband's hug and use, my, use it myself to get extra time? Only five days until I get to meet you in San Jose, although I feel like I already know you. Locals is truly the best platform ever. Thank you and the staff for creating it. Well, I'm thrilled with what's going on with Locals. And you know, uh, I think there's a question coming up in a few minutes about uh, 2,000 Mules and the launch on Locals. We're really changing the game there. As for the specific question to the hug, yes, Someone else, you know, I'm I'm for the one second hug during the Q&A or during the the VIP meet and greet. Uh, People can give me a one second hug, cannot do the two second hug. But if someone, if you're with someone, in this case, your husband, and he's willing to forego his one second hug so that we can get you to a two second hug, uh, that would be just fine. What I will not allow, I cannot allow it. A lot of people have tried is if you have a group of people and you're with six people, five other people all give up their hug so that you can get a six second hug. It's just too weird. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. The people I know, I don't hug for that long. So we can't do it. Sorry. But the two second hug, it will be allowed. Flint says, do you think conservatives should use the intolerance of the left to fight the culture war? For example, Karl Marx was anti-Semitic and racist in his writing. The left uses these tactics unfairly against conservatives. But conservatives seem to not be willing to stoop to their level. Well, first off, what you just said is 100% true. Uh, I would recommend anyone do a little Googling on the writings of Karl Marx. And he used the N-word quite often and a lot of anti-Semitic stuff too. Um, but he is the hero of the left, of the purported, tolerant, you know, decent, diverse, lefty, blah, blah, blah. Should we stoop to their level? No, we shouldn't stoop to their level. And look, we can all fall in that trap sometimes. And sometimes I say silly things on this show, usually in a joking manner, and we can all mock them to the nth degree, to the edge of the universe and all that stuff. But I think that really the key is just be a little bit better than them, just be a little happier than them, just be a little more functioning than them. That's how we'll bring people over. They're gonna constantly see one side that burns on outrage, faux outrage and anger. And then there's gonna, they're going to see another group of people and they're going to go, well, these people are sort of interesting and they talk about other stuff than politics and they seem kind of happy and they're sort of fun. And I guess that's weird because they kind of call themselves conservatives and that doesn't sound like such a fun word, but they do seem like better people. And then, and I think the proof is in the pudding. And over time, that's how you win people over. You just be a little bit better. So I know the inclination is to stoop to their level. And I really get it when it comes to something like Twitter, right? Because it it sort of brings out the worst in us. It's always easy to own these people and everything else. But no, I think being a little bit better is probably the best way to do it. Talway says, do you have another book project planned or do you think being a new dad might put a temporary halt to your writing? So... Well, first off on the latter part. Yeah. I mean, look, the dad thing is going to change everything. I'm going to continue doing the daily show here. We're going to, everything that you know of me doing, we are going to continue for sure, without question. I I love doing this. And when I'm on the road, as I'll be for the next 10 days or so, I miss being in studio. I mean, I really do. So I know I'm doing the right thing in life. When you, when you miss your work, you know, you're doing something good. Um, but I, but obviously some things are going to change. I I think I probably will write another book or I'm willing to say 100% that I will write another book. I don't know yet. I want to see, look, the first book was about the principles, I believe, in the second book was about how to thrive in a world that feels very uneven as our world does right now. I think the third book, I need to wait a little bit, see what happens in the midterms, like which direction really is America going to kind of choose and then maybe I can write something that will help get us to 24. I think that would sort of be the idea. Um, but I also have a couple things that are not, necessarily as political. And I do have this sci-fi book that I kind of want to do, this sci-fi story that I've sort of fleshed out as a short story already. And I'd have to, I've never written a fiction book, so I'd really have to think about it in a different way. Um, But we shall see. But yes, everything is about to change with these two children on the way. Uh, Richard says, Dave, who's your favorite and least favorite president and for what reasons? Well, Biden by far is my least favorite, right? I mean, this guy has been an absolute disaster. I don't think he's in charge. He has old person's disease. Everyone he's around is a chronic liar. Dr. Jill Biden is not taking good care of him. This administration has been a fiasco. They ushered him in under the idea that he wasn't gonna be a progressive nutbag. He is, he poops in his pants, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot, so I don't like the guy. Um, my favorite president, I mean, I don't know, is it going to sound cliche, but in retrospect, Trump was pretty freaking good, right? It was all good except for the riots that the left unleashed. We had a great economy. We had world peace. We didn't have these crazy wards. Everything was going well. It really was. Then we suddenly get COVID out of nowhere and we get riots out of nowhere. I don't know. Maybe that's why Bill Gates is smiling. Taylor says with the new data, Now the Walgreens index showing little to no benefit of the vaccine. How are companies and institutions able to continue to require them and still with no mention of natural immunity? So it's a little unclear to me exactly what companies are requiring what at this point. I don't think, are there any requirements by private companies? I mean, I guess a private company could still make some private requirements to their employees. It's a little unclear but i would say generally speaking um i never felt that i had the right to inject any of my employees with anything and i still stand by that and uh, that if you work at a place that wants to inject you with things you should look at getting another job i will also mention that at the west nyack show which is the last show i did on the first leg of the tour with with megan kelly west nyack new york um, when I was doing some messing around with the crowd, there were a lot of nurses there. And there were several nurses that got fired for not getting vaxxed. There were a couple nurses there who ended up getting vaxxed and they felt that they had to keep their jobs. And man, what a horrific choice. What a horrific choice these private companies forced their people into, the government forced government employees into, um, really just evil. It was just evil. And in retrospect, think how evil. I mean, the, 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 that video of, Connor will throw it in, that video of uh, in Venice Beach when they were you know, running over with the bulldozer, the skate park, like the th- chasing down people uh, you know, that were surfing, like the crazy things that they did in the name of keeping you safe. And man, it's like, we should have been kept safe from them, not from this disease. You know, says, what is David's favorite meal to cook? Well, I've said many times, my favorite meal for him to cook is his cast iron chicken parm, which you can see the recipe at david'scookbook.com or uh, david's cookbook on Instagram. Uh, and he is working on an actual physical cookbook. What's his favorite meal to cook? He loves spice, he loves all kinds of different spices. So he loves, loves, loves cooking Indian. That's probably his personal favorite to cook. Obviously, I'm big on the smoker these days. So this past weekend, I mean, we smoked a leg of lamb that was massive. Then we smoked an eleven pound brisket. We've had a lot of people visiting us. So it's been a lot of meat. I, I constantly I just smell like meat constantly. So if if we do we have smell vision yet on the uh, computer there? we don't we don't we're working on it um, because soon enough you'll be able to smell me through the screen. Isn't that exciting? That's what we're working on over here. Uh, Nathan says, hi, Dave, I hope y'all enjoyed the Chick-fil-A. Oh, I know who this is. It was great to meet you. And I was really entertained by your wit, enthusiasm, and sense of humor. What was your personal, your favorite personal take of the Atlanta show and your visit here to the Peach State? So this is a a nice guy who I met who is a Chick-fil-A employee and he happens to be gay. Can you believe it? A gay guy selling fried chicken to the masses. And he gave me a gift certificate to Chick-fil-A. We used it Uh, in an airport. I don't think it was in Atlanta. We used it maybe in the Dallas airport, if I'm not mistaken. What was my favorite part of the Atlanta show? Well, I just love Malice. So Michael Malice opened up the Atlanta show and he's just so witty and clever and he does things where he'll like lay out a joke. And people don't realize it's a joke. So then there's this long pause where people are like, what, what did he say? Did he just say that? And then, and then someone will start laughing in the back and that kind of triggers somebody else to start laughing. And so there's this almost weird backwards laugh, which is sort of exactly why I call him the Willy Wonka of politics. Uh, what else did I do in Atlanta? You know, it was, it was real quick that we were in and out, but we did actually go out after the show. I drank some tequila with some fans and uh, it, was, it was a good time. Xavier says, hey, Dave, I saw your show in Atlanta and it was awesome. Disney has run Star Wars into the ground, but there have been some small glimmers of hope in the latest TV series they've been doing. Mandalorian season two was better. Boba Fett had some cool ideas and Obi-Wan is coming up in a few weeks. Is there any chance they'll write this ship? All right. Well, I think Michael is not going to be happy here when I give my uh, diagnosis of what's going on with Star Wars. Look, Disney owns them. I'm done. I'm just done. I'm done. They they The last three movies were absolutely horrible. Force Awakens was good. The second one, Jedi, was so terrible that the third one was just such a mess trying to clean it up. Mandalorian's fine. It's not great. It's not. Boba Fett was barely in Boba Fett. There were like two episodes out of six that Boba Fett wasn't in it. They didn't link it to anything. You don't really care about Boba Fett. Um, what else? What was the other? Oh, and now Obi-Wan's coming out. And it's like, yeah, does it look kind of good? It does, but I canceled Disney+. Plus. And Michael, you can give me small recaps in the morning of what's going on. That's it. That's it. I'm just not going to do it. So I don't have hope. I don't have hope that a deeply corrupt giant corporation that owns all of the dreams that we're supposed to have, whether they're Star Wars or Marvel or Pixar is going to fix this thing. The cool thing of Star Wars. And and you can watch, there's a documentary. I don't even know where you can find it anymore, but there's a two hour, three hour documentary on how George Lucas created Star Wars. And it what the cool thing is is not just this the the idea of the force and good and evil and the father and son and all of these things but when he was creating it it was him going against the system it really was and that 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 spirit was in those original movies and now they're just corporate blathering drivel so i i don't have much hope is that just someone becoming old and just like you got to give up on things maybe at some level michael's nodding his head yes um but i I look forward to finding well as i said i have this new sci-fi idea and i just watched dune for the third time and i finally stayed awake and it was pretty good it was pretty 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 good joe says what do you enjoy the most about live audiences um i mean i love messing around with the crowd so for those of you that have been in the audiences you know i'm throwing t-shirts out there and i've got people screaming things and arguing with each other and i sometimes bring people on stage and i i don't really plan too much so it's it's a total free-for-all and I just love being in a room with people where they get to interact. It would be as if if you guys, if I was doing this in your living room and you were able to yell at me and I was able to yell at you and we could ask questions to each other and have people in the audience debating things. It's just, I'm just sort of managing chaos. So I just love, and I just love seeing people smile again, man. Just that really is it. Marshall says there seems to be a new movement around medical freedom. What are your thoughts about the medical, about medical freedom, which is free of coercion for all drugs and shots and gives informed consent too? So this is a good one and we should do more on this in general uh, now that we're entering the post COVID world, although it's coming back before the elections, don't mark my words, at least in the blue states. I'm basically for as much medical freedom as possible and that you should be able to do as many things, especially if you have a dire or degenerative disease, if you have Alzheimer's, if you have HIV, if you have these things that traditional medicine is not really working for, or if you're really at the end of the rope and there's nothing left for you to try, should you be able to try all sorts of things to make sure that you can stay alive? Yes. Do we need some regulation? Probably. Could some of it be privatized to a degree? Probably. Should we have more competition and less regulation around drugs? Absolutely. Um, you know, there obviously is a risk. There is a risk too, right? You don't want every snake oil salesman showing up and telling people that they can cure cancer if you inject this in your, uh, into yourself, just like you wouldn't want snake oil salesmen, say from giant pharmaceutical companies called Pfizer. Uh, to say, oh, we've just come up with this vaccine and it's going to work until two weeks later you realize it hasn't worked and you've injected yourself and your family with 10 of them. That's a problem. Miss Mama Panda says, what would you do if Jen Saki showed up at your house with a basket of cookies and a bottle of tequila? Well, obviously, I would take the cookies and tequila and I would close the door. (laughs) Is that... That's the simplest question I've ever got. Like, you can't come in my house, lady. I can't have, I can't have those heebie-jeebies. I can't have those bad vibes and that, that, that reverberation of lying, lying and endless evil. I can't have that. I would say, I would take the tequila. I would take the cookies. I'll say, I'll circle back to you. Close the door. Eagle says, Dave, I heard that you are stacking all of the income tax dollars that you are not paying to California on your kitchen table just so that you can look at it from time to time and smile. Is that true? Uh, That is a rumor. However, I will say, look, I did not leave California because of taxes. I did not love the taxes. I did not feel that they were doing good things with my money. Uh, But that was not why I left. I would have stayed had the whole place not become a dystopian shithole. But it did. And it was ruled by a psychopath, Gavin Newsom. Um, All that being said, it is nice um, knowing that we are saving a tremendous amount of money to be in a place that I want to live anyway. Like, it's just great. And by the way, prices for everything are cheaper here, too. Everything's crazy expensive. Everything from food to products, everything in California, at least in L.A., was bananas expensive. So I'm spending less on the day-to-day things, and we're saving a lot in taxes. And that allows us to do more things that we want to do here. And when we travel right with my team, we travel, we travel the right way, um, and we take care of everybody, and, and it's all good. It's all good. When we go out to team dinners, who gets what they want at team dinners, huh? Everybody. Everybody gets what they want. Izzy says, what were your thoughts on 2,000 Mules? Congrats to you, you Locals and Rumble. So first off on the Locals and Rumble part, Dinesh D'Souza creates this movie. He launched it on Locals. We created a new thing where you can subscribe immediately and download the movie uh, and become a member of his community. It is one of the top 10 grossing movies of this past weekend that we did on Locals, which was just an idea that I came up with a couple years ago. And now we're launching movies that I suspect it's probably not going to win an Oscar or be nominated for an Oscar because of obviously the Hollywood machinery. Um, but I'm seriously thrilled that I helped build Locals. It was my idea. We then merged with Rumble and we're, we're actually building those alternate uh, roads of the internet. So that's awesome. My thoughts on 2000 Mules, which I did see, I was at the premiere at Mar-a-Lago a couple days ago. Look, he makes a very compelling case. They use all this geotagging to follow these mules, these people who take small amounts of ballots and go to Dropbox to Dropbox at odd times at night um, when repeatedly to these places over and over. And you can see these are not, the people that they're sending are not the best of the best and they do it over and over again. And then they compile the amount of ballots that these put in, and they, uh, that these people put in and they show you this is the type of stuff that could have flipped an election because you don't need millions of vote to, votes to flip an election. You just need the right amount of votes in the swing states, sometimes in just one specific city to do things. So he makes a very compelling case. I hope people will see it and then think for themselves. I don't know that it's fully airtight, obviously, and Dinesh has his own political views as do I have my own political views. Um, but I absolutely think it's worth watching 100%. And you can see it, by the way, at uh, 2000mules.locals.com. Philip says, you have announced Locals has studio space in South Florida and Daily Wire has announced the same thing. Is this a joint venture between your two companies or a happy coincidence? I did not know that. I was not informed that Daily Wire is building in Miami, but I think that's awesome. And I fully support them and i think the more the merrier and i if, if that's competition i love competition and that's fantastic but yes locals has studios we're building them out right now i'm going to start doing some in-person interviews there but the real idea of the local studios is that any locals creator can show up whenever they want we're going to have a big master schedule and if people want to start creating content there at our studios uh, we will help you create that content we really are trying to build out not just the pipes and the roads as i talked about but All of the things that you would need as a content creator, and especially after the success of 2,000 Mules, it's going really well. So I am psyched. Uh, Angel says, as you see all of these leaks coming out of the office of the Supreme Court, it goes to show that nothing is off limits to the left. Do you think that the country is at the point of civil war? Okay. And this is the last question. So we saved the heaviest for last, clearly. Um, First off, when people tell you that America is racist, when they tell you that they hate this country, when they tell you that it is patriarchal and evil, all of the stuff that comes out of the modern left, that comes out of the squad, that is pushed on us by almost the entire machinery of the Democrat party and the mainstream media. When they tell you that, you should believe them. This is what they believe. Why did I title the book, Don't Burn This Country? Right? It's like we have something to preserve, something that is really good that was fought for and died for before us that these people just wanna shred up. And it's sort of like that, that godless hole, right? When Nietzsche said, God is dead, and people thought, oh, that's very exciting, now we can do whatever we want, but really it was a warning. It was like, well, God is dead, but if you kill God, that you might replace it with something else, and that thing might be much worse. Well, that's sort of what we have right now. We have this woke ideology that is a secular ideology on steroids. These people think they can all be gods and that the world should bow to them as opposed to figuring out, out a way to fit into the world that was created for you by probably better people than you. So um, they want the thing to burn. So I think whoever leaked this thing, and we have to find out who did it, needs to be totally uh, dealt with in whatever legal manner is available. And then if, if we are to believe that any of this machinery works, then we have to get back to letting that machinery work. And you cannot hire people who will leak things. And if it was because someone hacked in, then the, the people that were in charge of the security have to be dealt with. But, and, it, and if it was a justice themselves, they need to be impeached. Whatever it was, it's like, our institutions are shaking, man. Like we can all feel it. The, the big thing doesn't feel right. And maybe that's okay that the big federal government doesn't feel right. Maybe it, it shouldn't feel right anymore. And maybe that's okay. And it's easier for me to say that now that I live in Florida, where the machinery of this state is tight and it's humming and it's greased and it's rolling. Right. And it's all good. Um, But maybe the machinery doesn't work. But they're telling us they want to destroy the whole damn thing. So your question is, are we are we at a civil war? I don't think so, because I think people are better than whatever the Internet has say, seemingly turned us all into. I think that when we all shut the devices and we're all out there together, that we are a little bit better. But I think, you know, the, the way that the internet is, it has, it has taken a young generation of people and put them out on the streets to burn things down that they only wish in their wildest dreams they could have been wise enough or brave enough or smart enough to build. So uh, I think we just have to keep Keep remembering what those founding documents are. Keep living the best life to get it back to that first question. Keep living the best life that we can and, uh, and get out there and laugh and smile and be together with each other. And uh, that is the winning case. And guess what? That's exactly what I'm doing. And we got a graphic for it. I'm back out on tour tonight in Brea, California. And then Oxnard, San Jose, Phoenix, Denver. And finally back home June 2nd at the Plaza Live here in Orlando with Governor Ron DeSantis. And I hope you will join us. uh, Whatever few tickets are remaining are available at daverubin.com slash events. Uh, You can always play along at rubinreport.locals.com. And this is my last in-studio show till I'm back from this uh, next little May portion of the tour. So uh, we have a bunch of compilation stuff and some other things going up. And uh, my interview part two with uh, Yoram Hazoni uh, on his new book all about conservatism and can it... Can it sort of keep a wide net or is it just not going to hold, which is a great question, uh, is up right now. And uh, finally, we've got a cold close for you. I leave you as I head out on tour with the president, well, let's just say the elderly man pretending to be the president of the United States.
0: Most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and are expected to be temporary. I don't know anybody, including Larry Summers, who's a friend of mine, yeah. who's worried about inflation talk of inflation the overwhelming consensus is it's going to pop up a little bit and then go back down no one's talking about this great great deal it's on, highly unlikely that's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand there's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way do you take any responsibility I, the inflation
1: in this country do you take any responsibility your policies
0: i think our policies help not hurt think about what they say the vast majority of the of the, uh, uh, of the Economist, think that this is going to be a real tough problem to solve, but it's not because of spending, we brought down the deficit. The bottom line is, how much does America owe? How much in the hole are we going? We're reducing that.